Hey humans, how's it going? Susan Ruth here. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hey Human Podcast. This is episode 121 with the formidable Daphne Willis. She's an artist, she is an activist for mental health, she is a friend of mine, Uh, she's a kick-ass singer, songwriter, performer, uh, person, she is awesome. I was really excited that she agreed to to talk with me and that she found a little bit of time in her insanely busy travel schedule. Um, She's awesome, so I was really excited. And she performed a song, Forgiveness, uh, live. Now, my microphone, which I am still learning all about, um, it got a little hot, so I put a reverb on her. It makes it sound like she is in some sort of a chamber, <laughs> but uh, that's on my end. That's not on her end. She sounded incredible, but in order to not completely blow out your ears while listening, uh, I had to reverb the heck out of it. Um, she's got music available all over the place, um, Spotify and, and uh, iTunes and all the places you get music. Daphne Willis, she's got a YouTube channel with videos. Um, YouTube is a big supporter of Daphne. Uh, she's killing it. She's killing the game. I had a really good weekend. I just wanted to, to throw it out here. Um, I went and saw a Black Klansman, the Spike Lee joint, the new Spike Lee movie. And uh, holy cow, it is exceptional. Um, I I laughed. I, I got super uncomfortable. Um, I got sad. I All the feelings happened during this movie. It is so well done. The acting is superior. Oh my gosh, the actors and actresses in this movie just so good. Um, I went with some friends and we all just sat there at the end in relative silence, just taking it all in, really. Um, it is a must it's a must-see. It was just, it was a great, great film. Uh, well done, everyone involved in that movie. Social media stuff, you know where to find me, uh, Hey Human Podcast. Uh, the links page is always full up of lots of information, heyhumanpodcast.com. You can email me, Susan, at heyhumanpodcast. Um, I've gotten a couple emails and texts from people saying that the um, the donation page and the storefront are having some glitches. Uh, if you're having issues with that, please email me, susan at heyhumanpodcast.com. Please let me know if you have any kind of difficulty. Um, and uh, as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for using the Amazon portal on the on the website's main page. That helps support Hey Human as well. And really just, just thank you for getting the word out and for listening. Um, I appreciate it. Let's uh, Let's get this going. Here we go. Hi, Daphne Willis. Hello, Susan Rue. (laughs) Thanks for being on Hey Human. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to have you here. You are an exceptional uh, performing songwriter, artist, person, but you're also advocate person, and uh, you live your life very true, which I love people who live their life very true. Um, We met not too long ago, I guess now. It's been, what, about a year? Mm Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think our, so. Our mutual Justin. Our mutual Justin Levinson friend who's who, amazing. Yes, who was also on the podcast. Oh, uh, wonderful. And toward the beginning, um, he was in the in the early stages of the podcast about, uh, he talked about his brain tumor. 
Amazing. Yeah. Yes, he's been, he's been doing big things too. Um, I know. He's going he's gonna to take about over the world. To, I know. He really is. It's, it's incredible to see it. Yeah. Couldn't happen to a nicer person. So here you are um, in the kitchen. <laughs> yes. Kitchen vibes. Nashville our, vibes. We've got our tea. Um, let's go backwards. Let's start from the very beginning as it seems like the best place always to start. Yes. Have You, you haven't always lived in Nashville or you have? Uh, no, I've lived in Nashville for eight years, so okay. I actually grew up in Chicago and lived in the city for a long time. I know I miss. I love city. it's so good. <laughs> it, me. It's an incredible city, and um, the music there is just amazing. You did know. you come up in the scene there then? Is that I how did. You started? Okay. Yeah, I did. Um, so I went to DePaul University. So I, I lived in um, Lincoln Park and Wicker Park and um, kind of all over on the north side there. Um, and went to all kinds of open mics and blues clubs and jazz clubs and things like that. Mm -hmm. And eventually I, um, I had a band that was, you know, touring, you know, on the weekends. Was that your sound in the beginning was more bluesy? It was, it was, it was like jazz pop actually. It was, I had a very jazzy band. Um, and there was a lot more like instrumental stuff going on. So I was writing like pop songs, like a standard pop song, but then we would take it to the band and it would kind of take on this whole new Mm -hmm. form, which was really cool. Um, And then I I had a little acoustic EP that I had made. Uh, This was when I was like 18 or 19. And it ended up getting, we got, I got like a, you know, those little sub licensing contracts you can get um, online where they'll put your music in like PF Chang's and Kohl's and stuff like that. United Airlines. On on American (laughs) Airlines. American Airlines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Whatever, whatever. And back in the day when you could, you know, plug your headphones into the little armrest there, um, there was the, the president of Vanguard Records was on a flight and his iPod died. So he plugged his headphones in and he heard my song um on the plane and like they flew Gary Pachosa up who's from here in Nashville up to Chicago to see me with my band in like this little dive bar in that Chicago is so and then crazy they signed me and there and that they were LA based they're now part of Concord music okay. which, so, which is a much larger <clears throat> so how long were you on the Vanguard and did they say we love it we love it let's change everything about it the way a lot of labels do or were they they did it? they they surely did yeah. but um, it wasn't that they wanted to change me it was just that they didn't feel like what I was writing on my own was like with the band that it was really meshing mm. well mm-hmm. um which i honestly at the time kind of saw and and agreed with to an extent sure. i loved the band so much though and i love those guys did and they want to um i'm just gonna hit this little button so that we get our levels good did they want to um get rid of some of the band members they wanted all of them gone actually so they just wanted to sign me and not the band um, so it was a really hard decision. I went back and forth about it for a really long time. How did the band take it? Uh, you know, like it took, we are all now like really great friends, but I think initially it was kind of like brutal. Fuck you, yeah. you know, you can swear. Oh, stuff. great. Yeah, okay. Fuck. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no, initially they were just kind of like, fuck you. And, um, but I think they also at the same time understood and they were also like really supportive, which yeah. is ultimately amazing. And sure. I think we all had different, um, ideas of what we wanted the band to be anyways. And ultimately I think that it would have 
not lasted. Now, was that under your name or did... Uh... It was Daphne Willis and Co. Okay. Was the band. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, it could have gone a million ways, but I had an opportunity, so I took oh, yeah. it. And totally. um, uh, it, it was it turned out to be amazing, so they had me coming down here to Nashville for co-writes. Um, so I was, you know, coming down here every couple months for a couple weeks. So were you coming down here to, to co-write jazzy pop? No, pop, people? just pop. Just pop, okay. Just pop, yeah. Actually, they sent you to Nashville, not L.A. Yeah, it was interesting. Okay. So the A&R guy that signed me, though, is based sure. here. Yeah. And at the time, it was more acoustic and almost like Americana, like the stuff that I was doing by myself. It was pop. There were jazz, it was bluesy, it was rootsy, and I think the bluesy, rootsy vibes kind of had them thinking maybe the co-writing here would be a little bit maybe more conducive. Sure. But um, either way, um, Gary Gary Pachosa, um, who has won like nine Grammys, he's worked with um, Alison Krauss and the Dixie Chicks and... Um, Nora Jones mm. and, and a lot. Yeah, so I think that whole vibe, him him and I really jived well. And we, cool. we did some pr- producing together, and he hooked me up with some other rights in town and producers in town. Yeah. And it also, the, you know, the fact that with my age, you know, being 18, 19, being able to just drive down here from Chicago made it also really, you know, easy and more accessible. Makes sense. Than having to go to L.A. and... So what, know, eight hours? Yeah, I mean, even seven and change if my foot's really heavy. Yeah. (laughs) 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 All right. Yeah, so so that's kind of where the music thing started. Were you growing and developing then a lot in a very short amount of time? Because I imagine that was sort of a baptism by fire. Totally. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So I grew, I mean, I had never co written a song before. So before I came here. You did everything where you wrote it and then handed it over to the band to arrange? Yes. I would write the songs and then take it to them and we would just work out how we wanted to do it live. I mean, it was literally a live band. You know, like we didn't really have any recordings. I had just started in on a recording when I got signed Mm -hmm. with them and basically like it felt displaced with what I was writing and what we were doing in the studio with them Mm -hmm. so that's why I said kind of ultimately I think that it would have um gone in a different direction anyways sure what was the song name that the vanguard guy heard the president it was called no difference it was a kind of a ballad song who um, says ballads can't do stuff? Right? <laughs> Man, ball- I tell you what. I love ballads, and they're, and it's funny how many ballads end up being hu- like huge, huge, huge songs, and yet our publishers always say to us, don't write ballads, write up tempos. Yeah. But the ballads are the things that... The ballads are the ones that... Kill the people, you know? They have, love it. Yeah, most of the time they have like the most, you know, depth and... And, and the longevity. And the longevity, right. Right. Totally. I so mean, it was a ballad. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And how surreal. Uh, what a, it was. It was crazy. What a uh, <clears throat> fortune shining upon you, circumstantial moment. Serendipitous, right? Seriously. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. So did your look morph? Because you have a very distinctive look with the you know shaved sides and the... You'll see you guys out there in listening land. We'll see a picture. But um, was, was your look also morphing or did you... My look has changed a lot okay. over the last... So when I when I got signed, I was like a hippie girl in skirts with long hair down to my boobs. Yeah. 
And... Oh, you can't say boobs. No, I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> I was like, well, fuck. <laughs> Down to my tits? What about that? Is that better? That's much <laughs> Great. Much better. Awesome. Um, just so... don't say areola. That's just too much. <laughs> Shh. Um, so, yeah, and they... They, you know, we did some photo shoots where I was in dresses and... Super um, girly. Super girly, but, you know, that wasn't... That's not really the vibe either. And I think, you know, now that I'm not there anymore, looking back, I was kind of like, yeah, that wasn't really it either, you know? So I've kind of just constantly been changing and morphing, Mm -hmm. and I think everybody does that. It's an interesting point because I do think that just human beings in general we grow we morph we change our looks or i mean not me because my hair and i've had an ongoing battle since really the beginning and we just <laughs> have agreed to disagree but most people they go through you know uh changes with their their clothes and their looks and their hair and you know, all this totally. their makeup and and all that and um it's interesting to me how much listening audiences freak out when artists morph and mm-hmm. change mm-hmm. It's as if they want to keep them in this little snapshot of who they are. I think Justin Timberlake a little bit has been able to get away with changing a little, but not. he still has to kind of keep it. John Mayer is a great example of someone who is allowed, quote-unquote, by his right. listeners to to, to expand and, and try different things. He's a but great example. You too is a good example of listeners not being okay with it. When they stepped out of bounds on a couple of their albums, people were like, what is this? Right. They got upset. And Coldplay is a good example. Coldplay. Coldplay yeah. went... Yeah. More into the EDM scene, yep. and it's, that was fine. It, it's fascinating. <laughs> it's working really yeah, it's well working for them, really actually. Well. Yeah, so it's it's fascinating to me to see that, um, and so I am always curious with artists how how they are with their morphing and how their audiences come along for the ride or mm-hmm. not, mm-hmm. for that matter. Mm-hmm. Has your has your listenership stayed? Your your core audience stayed, or is I it actually think it has uh, to the for the most part. Um, you know, you never really know because um, yeah. you pick up fans, and if you lose some along the way, then you don't really seem to notice because you've picked up you know new fans. Um, and it's growing, you know, so the, the, the idea for me is just to continue to grow, Mm -hmm. um, and whatever that kind of means, you know, as long as it's obviously true to myself. Um, but I feel like I've always been really true to myself and true to me. And I think that that in and of itself as like a brand for Mm -hmm. my music and for Mm -hmm. my aesthetic, um, seems to attract the same kinds of people, no matter if the music has shifted a little bit or, you know, my look has changed, right. it seems to be okay. I think you're very truthful and I think it's very hard to deny the truth. Mm-hmm. I was having this conversation mm. last night with one of the people on the show that we did and uh, this guy, Benjamin, and we talked about when you find your voice, if, if the truth is there, that's what people will respond to. You right. can spot the bullshit. Mm-hmm. from a mile away mm-hmm. and uh your yeah, work your body of work is very honest you speak a lot um about loving oneself and being empowered in a world that has gone mad you know talk about that a little bit like what yeah i feel like that is something that has always been kind of a theme of my music which is self-empowerment and um 
something that I've just always gravitated toward in music. Mm-hmm. Um, I've struggled with mental health issues, depression, PCOS, which is it's polycystic ovarian syndrome, which mm-hmm. is something that not a lot of people know much about, but Sounds it's painful. a hormonal hell and can cause all kinds of issues like... I mean, at one point, I weighed 225 pounds, so I've lost really? 85 pounds. Wow, good for you. Um, and, and that's it from the hormonal? Reeks, yeah, that's the hormonal stuff. So when you get on the right meds and you change your lifestyle up. So I've had to make a lot of lifestyle changes, um, including being sober for almost two years now, which was also another battle that I fought for a very long time, which was, you know, self-medication. Mm-hmm. Um so I feel like that has all been the theme, you know, of all these kind of battles that I've fought, you know, and to be able to like write music about that and um, just have that kind of theme woven through the music has been something that's been super important to me. Did you decide to get sober because you felt like crap or did you hit some sort of a low or was it just a one day you went, you know what, this isn't working? Anymore. Well. Uh, Yeah, well, it was a lot of things, you know, I think it just got to the point where it was literally negatively affecting every aspect of my life. It was affecting my health. It was affecting my job. It was affecting my personal life. It was affecting my financials. And um, I kind of hit a point where I was seeing that I was, I think it was really when I really took a step back and saw that I was hurting people that I cared about that it that was like my rock bottom when mm-hmm. i felt so shitty about myself because i had done some things that were not me yeah and hurt people that i cared about that was the most painful moment for me that i that i never thought that i would get to that point yeah so i was like i'm done don't you feel like um i this is how i feel is that people the way we behave is never in correlation with the other people we're hurting it's always about how we feel about ourselves oh a hundred percent yeah and so whatever tight ropes you walk you know the alligators underneath the fire all of that stuff it's all the stuff raging in ourselves a hundred percent it seems outside it seems out and yeah. and most of the time if you're angry about something or You know, if you ever find, when I find myself, you know, starting to judge somebody or have, you know, an opinion about something that may be nothing to do with me. Like, it may just all be inside of myself and I'm just angry at myself. You know, it's just classic projecting. Sure. I think people do that all the time. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I find it interesting, too, that the word trigger has become so vilified. It's like a joke now. Oh, are you being triggered? And yet I think it's an important word. It's important to know what sets us off and why. Mm-hmm. Call it anything you want, but to make fun of it, it's once again, God forbid we have a moment of vulnerability right. where we can look at ourselves. So what happens in that vulnerability is somebody who is extraordinarily uncomfortable with it will say, oh, that's just that's a bunch of pussy talk or whatever. Oh, you're being triggered. I'd like to know the people that have an issue with that word, I would challenge them to look at themselves. Yeah, what are you? Maybe that's a trigger for you. That's 100% (laughs) that's a trigger for them. Right. Uh, Humans, so fascinating. So fascinating. Yeah. So complex. And you've just started doing a YouTube. I'm probably skipping around your timeline a little bit, but you just started doing a bunch of YouTube stuff. What is. Yeah, so I have a residency with them right what now. What does that mean? Artist residency. It's basically like um, we're. They're 
they've got 10 artists in this program and we're the first batch of artists that they've done this with. So I think it's a kind of a developing thing for them, but, um, we give them, they have us use all these features that they're either developing or, um, currently already offering. And we use them in different ways and try to incorporate them into like what we do as artists. And we give them like feedback on, on what we think about, you know, the different developments and Mm. what they need to change, what they could be doing better. You know, sometimes it's like a matter of two things that need to be combined into one Mm -hmm. or, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. Um, we're also learning a lot, so we get to um, just learn about how the platform works. And um, I think that they've maybe seen like a, a disconnect between like artists and YouTube creators being, I don't know, because like when I went into the program, I was like, well, I'm super fluent in Facebook and Instagram, but I don't know anything about YouTube. And every other artist I talk to is like, I don't know anything about YouTube. Yeah. Nobody knows it. So I think that's what this is all about. Mostly I think it's you really just think YouTube is about people running around setting things on fire and right. like the local right. halls or whatever. Right or whatever. Uh, yeah. That's not turned out. It's so been well. <laughs> interesting to get into it because I'm seeing some really cool ways to create a fuller, more well rounded Um, profile of myself Mm -hmm. online so you know like you have Instagram and Facebook which are kind of like you know Instagram is photos and short videos and it's like a blog kind of a thing I see it as a blog and Facebook is more of like a marketing tool Mm -hmm. um, for your brand and shows and things like that and it's a great way to interact with fans but YouTube can uh, YouTube allows you to create content that may be another side of yourself or maybe like, you know, just the way the playlists can work. You could have your music, you know, I have my, my music videos, my live music videos and like the static picture ones that are just streaming the songs. But I could also make, you know, all a on funny, on, on, no, these are separate playlists. But they're all on. But they're all on my channel. On your channel. Right, on my channel. And then I could make other playlists, like I'm doing one right now called Freaks Like Me, okay, that's yeah. all about mental health. Yeah. I want to do another one that's like a funny comedy one mm-hmm. that could be like, I don't know, it could be anything. It could be like puppets. Sure. You know what I mean? It could be anything. Well, that's interesting. Literally, you can create. I just had this conversation this morning with my friend David Meyer, and we were talking about I said, you know, I've got Hey Human, but then I've got my music. But then I have these other things that I do for other people that are visual. You know? Right. And so would it be confusing of the brand to have them all on the same channel? So it's interesting. That That's what YouTube is for so to me. Have... So no, you wouldn't want to do that on your Instagram or on your Facebook because it is confusing. Right. But on YouTube, because you have channels ah. or because you have playlists rather... You can kind of create this full archive for your fans to just, if they love you, they want to know everything Everything. about you, they can go dig deep Mm -hmm. into your YouTube channel. That's really cool. See, you answered the the YouTube question I had. YouTube's going to be very pleased with you right now. Well, it looks like the artist residency just paid off. Right there. So, yeah. No, it's been great. And there's so much fun. And they um, have given us access to the YouTube spaces, which are technology hubs that they have all over the world wow. um, in major cities. So there's one in New York and there's one in LA in the States. And I've done some, gotten to go in and it's free. You get to, you get to, well, you get access to, you can rent 
like Sony red cameras, fog machines, lights. Oh. You get uh, to you get to pick a production room. Some of them are set up like sets already. Yeah. Like there's one that's set up like a lodge, one set up like a diner. That's so and cool. so essentially you just need a videographer and you can create these projects and there's post-production rooms with mixing boards and nice. you can make some seriously high quality stuff there um, when you have access. And yeah. The way YouTube works, and I didn't know this, but if you're a creator and you have over 10,000 subscribers on your page, you automatically have access to those spaces. So Do you hear that, people? You can literally, you get a day a month, and then if you hit 100,000, you get like three days a month, That's and great. so on and so forth. I had no idea. Yeah, I didn't either. They're there's not very, all, they there's don't all this talk stuff. about it so much. I well, I, f- I feel like that's exactly like... Part of the problem. They're not... Sh- we're trying to figure out like why, you know, because there are amazing... They now have reels. They now have things where you can do like a story. Yeah. Like an Instagram story on there and you yeah, can go I, live on social YouTube. Social media stuff is so daunting. And I always say if, <laughs> if I didn't have to do it, I probably wouldn't do it. But it is such a remarkable tool for getting the word out. About but, all the I mean, this is social media. This is. This podcast is social yeah, media. Yeah, I guess it is. Yeah. I look at it as, yeah, like what, I mean, you're a true artist. You have something to say. You have a lot of depth and a lot of different things that you're doing. Thank you. There's a lot of different ways to like express that, right? So social media is basically just that outlet for finding your your people finding mm-hmm. finding your fans finding the people who want to know what you're doing and yeah. hear about it are you working on a record right now i am about to i am about to launch a i think i'm gonna do a social campaign for mm-hmm. it we're gonna do a, a pledge campaign i believe to raise money uh-huh to mm-hmm. raise money mm-hmm. um and i'm gonna be working with uh chris galbuda who's a good friend of mine he mm-hmm. did some of the megan trainer stuff and yeah and he does uh uh, the Music City Memes Instagram, which yes. is hilarious. Oh my god! I actually got one on there. I was so proud of myself. <laughs> He's amazing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I interviewed him for Freaks Like Me, and I was like, "So tell us what you do." And he's like, "Well, I'm a you know songwriter, producer, and a meme maker." <laughs> they're so like, funny. Him and Marty, who's a friend of mine, they're so funny. Yeah, he's really funny. I've known him for a really long time. Yeah, he seems like a character for sure. He is. A- well, that's exciting that you, you're going to be doing the record. Yeah, so I'm, I think we'll be shooting for a fall release because I just I put a record out in November mm-hmm. um, last, this past year, mm-hmm. um, and that's been really great. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I think, uh, also excited to get some new stuff out because I've been writing so much the last year. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Do, do you want to do a song? Yeah. Sure, yeah. Yeah? I'd love to. Okay. Yeah. Right now? We should... What? No, I mean, do you want to play a song for Play that? a song. I don't have a guitar. I, but... I have a guitar. Yeah, great. Do you want to? Sure, I totally okay. will. I'm going to stop the thing for a second and go grab my guitar. Um, this, is a, this is a song that will be going on the new project. It's called, it's called Forgiveness. Thank you. 
love I'm excited melodies. about that. Thank you. Melodies. I love a great melody. <clears throat> Thank you. That. Oh, man. You don't get that a lot these days. It's hard. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, not on the radio anyways. No. No. It's no. And it's fun. Before. I like longer, those long, elongated kind of melodies. Yeah. Nowadays, they're very short. You have a voice for it, though, too, which is Thank helpful. you for that. Well, thanks for that. <laughs> yeah. uh, so you said it's going to be an EP. How many songs? Five. Five. Okay. Five. I think we're going to try and keep it at five. T- together, or are you going to go like singles and throw them out there? Do I don't know. That? And that's another thing that's very excited nowadays that you can do so much with your releases. Yeah. Um, and I think that because we want to do, I want to do videos, maybe not, maybe for each song, maybe not, I'm not sure. But I definitely, with the YouTube thing, it's really opened my eyes and my brain space to like all the video world. And a little bit, I've gotten a little bit more visual now. It's Mm -hmm. been interesting since I've been doing that. So definitely want to maybe look at doing a a single release for each one and doing a video for each one that we do. Are you still on Vanguard or no longer? No, I've been independent now for, so I can do whatever. I I did um, two records with them and an EP. Mm -hmm. And since then I've put out... Um, let's see, one, two, three, four, three, three projects. So I've done two records, three records, um, and, and another single release, um, since I've been off and I got off the label in 2013. Wow. You're very prolific then. It's exciting. Thank you. Yeah. It's been exciting. And, uh. Yeah, so I'm excited for this project. It'll be very fun. And you're going to do... So you'll do a pledge, and do you have yep. an idea of... I mean, it costs so much to make records. It does. I think... And um, the promotion, well, which is really the more The EP important. is going to cost, I think, around 20K yeah. to do yeah. to do it well. And to make sure everyone's comfortable, and I like to pay people, you know? God forbid. God forbid. Like, just because... It has to be like, you know, I'm on a budget shouldn't mean like everyone else who's trying to make a living has to be on a budget. So I'm going to shoot for that. And then, you know, I'd like to have a budget for videos to make videos with the songs Um, because these songs to me have a lot of um, just depth and hopefully some, you know, value to people out there who are you know, struggling with these same issues. And um, Mm -hmm. so I think the video aspect of things is just so important for for people to really get the the entire concept of the song when you have something that can really, you know, visually also affect people. I think it's really powerful. So your advocacy is built into this project. Yeah, totally. Is there a particular of, of those things you mentioned, is there something that is the most important to you to get the word out about or are they all intertwining? They're kind of intertwining. I think self love, like we were talking about, like that half the time when you're projecting, it's because you're not loving, loving yourself and that you have something inside of you that's just eating away at you. And I think the more I talk to people and the more I, just grown as a person mm-hmm. I've realized that everything comes back to self-love and it's a very self-care difficult place and to be isn't it it is a very very difficult place to be it's so hard I don't understand it's, why you, it's you so fucking hard you can dip your toes in that ocean but staying for the swim is right feels insurmountable at times right yeah it is it's very hard um so I think just, and it's, you know, it's also very therapeutic for me as well. You know, this album, my albums are very, you know, they're emotional for me. So I get a lot of growth out of them. And I've been really trying to push myself more toward being vulnerable, like very vulnerable. And I have 
you know, kind of taken a lot more steps to do that, I think, in the last couple of years. So yeah. I'm very excited. Yeah. To Is it scary? Do more. It's, oh, it's terrifying. It's also, like, exhilarating and wonderful and, you know, to look back on the last year of writing and the last year of uh, releasing music and just really, I just pushed myself really hard to to put myself out there Mm -hmm. like in a raw real way and it's very scary Mm -hmm. and but the the results have been overwhelmingly encouraging um sometimes I lose sight of that you know and then I'll like you know go back and look at the the, you know this video that I released of somebody someone from a year ago that has now gotten over 18 million views and 450,000 shares on Facebook. Wow. And it was the most vulnerable song and the scariest thing I've ever done. And it's also been the biggest thing. There's that you know, truth again. Exactly. Totally that truth, man. It's crazy. What was it about it that was so scary? What well, is the subject of that song? The subject of the song is mental health and... Um, and and mental illness and homelessness and alcohol and alcoholism and drug addiction. And Have you been homeless? No, um, but my brother has. Yeah. And and he has, you know, for his own privacy purposes. Of I don't go too deep into, but I will talk about it a little bit. But um, um, you know, just be knowing and seeing all of that um, has re- really impacts any. It will impact anybody. I think. Um, and just how painful that can be to mm-hmm. see. And um, so I wrote a song with my friend Jen Bosick, who also has a brother and has some serious, um, uh, some similar, rather similar experiences with these issues. Um, and I've, you know, obviously experienced drug addiction and mental health issues. So it was like all this stuff that's so painful and hard for me wrapped up into this little song. And I just, happened I was at the studio and my friend Tyler who co-produced the song with me um was like we should make a little video of this moment and we did and I when I I mean I had no idea so I just put the video out there it's just a little black and white me singing the song and uh is this the Tyler I know Tyler Kane yeah Tyler Kane he's a doll he's amazing yeah he's incredible good human uh amazing human yeah Yeah. yeah um yeah, and so I I put it out last February, literally a year ago, and um, <clears throat> eighteen million. It's just views. been snowballing, and it, incredible. Every time I repost, and it's not even that; it's not even the views; it's the shares. That's o- o- almost half a million. Is that on your YouTube channel as well? It is, is it? on my YouTube channel too, and that's at like almost like three hundred fifty k. Okay. Um, but th- to me, it's more about the comments and pictures and stories and i mean there's there's books and books and books of of pages of people's lives that they're they've now taken their time to write the story Mm -hmm. of what has happened to them what they've seen what they've been through and it's just like i mean i had to it was so overwhelming at first that i had to take my email off my website because i was just getting photos of you know people's deceased loved ones and stories of just really painful stuff at you know at first and I think it took me a minute and now I've kind of gotten like a little bit more comfortable 
it just in those navigating, navigating the pain, yeah. right? Yeah, I've gotten a lot more comfortable with it. And um, so it's a catharsis too? Yeah, definitely, for sure. And, I, and it's been great to be able to just listen to people and know that even just listening is helping. Like, I don't have to have an answer. I don't have to even have the right thing to say back. It's just literally, they're just fucking saying their truth, man. It's all about the truth. And that's what it's been about. I made a, actually made a a support group on Facebook called the Daphne Willis support group. And it's almost at, there's like a thousand people in there. I don't advertise it. It's all just kind of word of mouth. And people in there are like posting about, you know, their inpatient hospital experiences, rehab experiences and daily I mean everybody's talking daily and if someone's having a rough day some of the other people in the group will text each other or message each other it's wonderful it's really wonderful yeah it's been amazing you know I think one of the most difficult parts about one of the most difficult things about being a human being is the the loneliness yeah you can be in a crowd of people you can be with all your friends at a party it doesn't take away that weird feeling that you're the only one on the planet that Mm -hmm. understands you or has lived your life or and so that empathic being that you've provided is really beautiful thank you it's It's, really beautiful I had absolutely no idea for me it was like I mean because I felt the same way I felt exactly the same way that everyone else who has commented is feeling. It's because we all so feel it's been like, like <laughs> Yeah, it's been amazing. I um and I I don't know, it's yeah, it's just been incredible to see to see the support. So it's been really nice. Even a person who is, you know, generally happy still has days where they're not. It's, it's you know, that's just part of being Oh of course. Us. Right, absolutely. Yeah. It's nice to know you're not alone. That's Right. And that was what, I mean, the song is called Somebody, Someone, and that's exactly what it's about. It's about not being alone, and I could not feel less alone because of that song. You know, it's just been like, wow, look at all these other people who have had this experience or who share this Mm -hmm. emotion and this pain and and also this joy and also this happiness and also this, like, you know, it's great. What was your drug of choice? Was it... Alcohol or isolation? Alcohol, yeah, alcohol and cocaine. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, And I smoked weed. I smoke weed. I've been off of weed for like several months now. Mm -hmm. Um, I was smoking weed, I think, a lot to help with the anxiety, but I feel like I've been been in a really good place. I think it's just, it's so funny how different everybody's healing process is and um, how it just takes time to slowly... Um, you know, you work, you have to work through your layers, you know, it's, it's layers, you know, peeling back trauma and, um, all, all the stuff that you were actually, what you were actually self-medicating for. Mm -hmm. I mean, those addictions don't just come out of nowhere, um, for no reason. They're all deeply rooted in other, other issues and other things that you have to get to the bottom of. And, and you have to heal from, heal from the inside out, right? <laughs> right? We are. I use the onion metaphor a lot because it's it's true. We are. It's we are layer upon layer upon layer of our experience. We are mm-hmm. the reincarnate of ourselves, mm-hmm. multitudes of of experiences. Mm-hmm. We become and we are becoming totally at all times. Hundred percent. Yeah, 
It's fascinating. Yeah. How can people find you? Um, you can find me on online. Um, so DaphneWillis.com, D-A-P-H-N-E-W-I-L-L-I-S.com. Um, and then I'm on uh, Facebook and YouTube and Instagram. Um, Definitely on YouTube. Definitely on YouTube. Is that just your name on YouTube? It is, yeah. yeah. It's just always just my name. That's nice. On all those things. Way to be just you. Thanks. <laughs> I'm just trying to be myself, you, you don't guys. have to be Daphne just 457 or anything. Well, my par- I lucked out on the name. Daphne isn't, yeah. You it's not that. a pop, yeah, it's not like a common name. Yeah. Uh, Your parents must be really excited about. Oh, they're so excited. And I've been so lucky to have, I have the the most incredible parents. They're very nice. I've met them a couple they're times. They're wonderful. And they've been so supportive and have helped me so much so very much i'm also very happy to have them they live here in town too and but i think there's another point in that is that even with fantastic parents it in a great life or a great upbringing it's still it doesn't mean you're uh impervious to the terrors and traumas of the world no i mean absolutely not i mean like i've Right, absolutely, 100%. And I've been, I was lucky to have been raised in a really affluent area north of Chicago and had great educa- had a great education, had great opportunities. But some really awful shit happened to me when I was in junior high and when I was in college. I was, uh, I was sexually assaulted and um, I was sexually abused um, when I was a kid mm. and then sexually abused again. You know, the whole re-victimization thing that happens... Um, so yeah, I mean like, yeah, sure. I grew up in like a great area and a great neighborhood, but then there's also all this other terrible shit that can happen to you no matter where you live. That's it doesn't right. really matter. Right. Mm-hmm. And there is no shame in getting help. There's right. There's no shame. Right. And there's no shame in coming from a good family and still having stuff that's screwed up, you know? hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so really pushing myself to own that and to be more um, open about those experiences as well has been something that, you know, that's what I, that's something that I want to share and something that is good. I feel like it helps me Mm. to share these experiences and to write songs about them and to be really open about them because it's obviously helping me and it's obviously helping other people to do the same. Mm -hmm. It's literally just having a conversation about it can make the world of difference. And as you spoke so eloquently earlier, uh, listening. Exactly. Just being there and and just Mm -hmm. listening. 100%. Yeah. And I do think, and I say this all the time on this podcast, is that by listening to what other people have to say, you know, you heal yourself too. Every time I sit down with someone and have a conversation with someone, a, a little piece of me heals up. You know? I can, yeah. And like you've been doing these for how long now? Uh, it'll be two years in July. I bet. I think. Yeah. I think and like, right. I do these little, I've only been doing these little freaks like me videos for, and it's amazing. Yeah, how, I was on an episode. It was fun. You were. It was amazing. You guys, you should check out our freaks like me episode on my, on check my YouTube channel. Check them all out. Yeah. And they're just little fun things to talk about personal growth. Cause everybody's always got something they're trying or something they're doing or something that works well. There's just so much out there and I feel like, you know, like listening, it's the same thing. It's just like when you listen and you're really present um, with somebody, you can just, you can grow and learn and that's what it's all about. 
that truth comes out, you know? God bless the truth. God bless that or truth. Or anything, bless the truth. Doesn't matter. Whatever, bless the truth. <laughs> Whatever, bless the bless truth. Bless the truth. <laughs> Daphne, thank you. For thank you for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was super fun. Thank I you. I wish you all the success. Thank you very much. Yeah. Likewise. Thank you. I'm so excited I got on. Yeah. <laughs> hey, human. Bye, everybody. Bye.